Bartender Journey Podcast number 53. 53. Vano's in the studio with me. I'm Vince. And uh, 53, I'm going to call that our one-year anniversary, Vano. What's up there, sir? Well, happy birthday to us. I'm going to get out the party horn I used during the New Year's Eve show. We've been doing this for a year, bro. Unbelievable. As the late, great Jimi Hendrix said, I see we meet again. All right. Yeah. What's up, bro? Hey, man. Good to have you back in the studio. It's good to be back, man. And before we begin, I'm just trying to take on all the, the energy from the studio. It's been a while since I've been here, man. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it feels like home. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Well, this is the Bartender Journey podcast, and here you can learn all about bartending. You can talk about bartending. It's the bartending community, and uh, we're not here to preach to you, but we want to learn right along with you uh, more about bartending and expanding your horizons and the inner game, as you call it. Yes, sir. The, the yes, inner sir. game of bartending. So that's, uh, I said it last week, I, I, I listened to a podcast about podcasting, and they said you're supposed to tell all about your, what your show's about right from the top so people know what it, know what you're doing. Excellent introduction, sir. <laughs> Excellent introduction. Well, listen, I, I have a lot, a lot on my mind and stuff that I got to get out of my head. And um, before we begin, um, I got to, this has been really mushrooming in my brain, something that you, uh, you sent me, I would think it was in the middle of December, you sent me an email okay. from a uh, listener. Right who uh, basically said underage and looking to bartend. Right. Break it down for the people, what he uh, said he, and he, what you responded. He, um, he said he's determined to be the best bartender in the world. He's not quite uh, 21 yet, which, I mean, uh, that's cool. He's, he's doing a lot of research. He's listening to our show, other shows, on YouTube, reading books, and uh, he's determined to be the most, you know, to be the superstar bartender. So that's that's what his deal is. And when you what you responded. So I wrote back. I said, "That's awesome. Keep learning. Learn all you can, and uh, be a great bartender." But I got to tell you something. One day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna want health insurance, and uh, this is not the way to get it. <laughs> and, and you're gonna want you know retirement. You know, I got a lot of friends in NYPD, and they're you know my age, and they're starting to retire now. You know, and they got health benefits for life, and they got a pension for life. You know, bartending's not gonna give you that. So. Vano and I, bartending, we love it. It's our second job. It's not our primary uh, source of income. And um, believe me, we love doing it just as much as you. Uh, but, um, you know, you got to think about the future, you know, once you get up past, uh, you know. Hey, I remember being that age and, like, you know, the retirement seemed like a million years away. And the time goes by, man. Time goes by quick. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, you know, I'm getting up to that age now where some of my buddies are retiring, you know, 20 years on the job. Uh, NYPD or firemen, they can get out if they want. And then they can go out and find themselves another job, like bartending maybe or owning a bar or uh, whatever they want. You know, but they got that health insurance for life, man. And the retirement plan. Yeah. Well, dude, I got to tell you, what you responded to that kid, prudent, my friend. It was excellent advice. And what it's been in my head for the longest time when you said, quote, trust me, one day you'll wake up and really want health insurance and a retirement plan. Yeah. And- how you talked about how both of you know you and I do this for a second source of income, and it got me thinking, man, that I would hate to think that some young kids listen to the show, <laughs> right. and it's like, yo, we're not telling you to to, to run away and join the circus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, you know, you should want to do both, right? Like if it's between college and bartending, yeah, I would want you to do college. I would right. want you to do a job. I would want you to, you know, the military, trade school, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I, I don't think that's what this kid wanted to hear, you know, but he needed to hear it. So, uh, you know, 30 years from now in the year 2000 and 
44 or whatever, maybe he'll run a chain of successful nightclubs and be the biggest rock star bartender that ever lived. Or maybe he'll be saying, I should have listened to Vincent Vano. But uh, what the hell do I know? You know, I always tell people, you know, if you're passionate enough about something, you can make it work. But, you know, enter it with as much information as you can. Not to say that you can't can't be done, but right. I, I'm getting up there in age too. Yeah. And it's like, it's nice to know, like, I got a 401k from this job. I got a 401k in my current job. It's nice to know that you have health benefits. Some people don't have that. I know, I know. And, and, it, and this business, you know... I'd say 99 out of 100 times, there's going to be no benefits. You know, unless you go work for like a hotel or, um, I mean, even one of the chains, like I I wouldn't think there'd be a a retirement plan other than, you know, squirreling away a little 401k money maybe. But, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe if you go work for Hilton or something, that's a different story where you can, you know, but if you're going to be a bartender and then you got to think about moving your way up maybe to bar manager or something like that, you know. No, I I agree with you and I I think – you know, I've always said it, bartending is the greatest side hustle. Right. And I think of a quote that uh, Frank Sinatra said, that the best revenge is massive success. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially if you're young, invest in your future. Want more than just bartending. Yeah. Bartending, why I'm successful in bartending is that I view, and I think you do the same, we view it as a hobby, as right. an opportunity to make money. I, and I, I remove that pressure, that expectation of making money, right? Because it's, it's not guaranteed. You right. know what I'm saying? Well, when we worked, when we worked at the uh, catering hall, and you're still there, but I moved on to something else. But yeah, to me, that was always um, for fun. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I looked at it like, you know, I'm going to come in here and have fun and talk to my buddies, and you know, if it doesn't last forever it's not the end of the world you know but you know i don't have that pressure of uh thinking oh you know i need that i need that paycheck or this or that you know it's like we, we used to have a great time there right <laughs> I, i'm having a hard time finding that chemistry yeah it's, it's yeah. the more places i go it's just it's this one man wolf pack mentality right. where you know what it, it, you gotta have fun bartending but that email you know we talk you know we really talk a lot about bartending the positive sides of bartending and, and like it's like a trade and we also covered the negative aspects of it but i, I want to like revisit the ne- negative aspects of it that um it's a cutthroat industry yeah you know what i mean there's this really not loyalty let's keep it no. real some uh-huh. places there is you get no sick days right and um yeah if you call in sick you're not getting paid for that day okay i'm gonna <laughs> break it down for you you keep asking me about new year's eve yeah and i told you i say it for the show so right. here it goes uh, that week, I had a horrible sinus infection, mm. okay? Horrible sinus infection, and it was really bad. I was dizzy, lightheaded, and um, I actually, I even called out at work two days in a row for my first job at the beginning okay. of the week. Oh, so, wow. long story short, New Year's Eve comes along, and I'm, I'm supposed to be work at 8 o'clock. That day, you were texting me. You were doing the, the podcast for the resolutions. You were going mm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Excellent show, by the way. Oh, thanks. Excellent show. And I, I go home, and I had, I had to be at my job at 8 o'clock. Okay. So I actually listened to the show oh. while getting ready, you know, getting ready to, you know, <laughs> okay. f- from bartending. I'm putting on my, you know, cufflinks. I got my vest on. And then I get up, and I'm, 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 my head is dizzy. I'm Ooh. lightheaded, and I realize I can't work. Oh. I can't work. So you know what I did? What? I text... <laughs> The bar manager yeah. on New Year's Eve that I wasn't coming in. Oh. <laughs> okay? And I knew. Yeah. I knew right there and then, 90% chance I will never be called back. Yeah. I texted yeah. back and I got a yeah. I got a long delay response of okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. But I, I just couldn't work. 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And in bartending, and I don't expect anyone to believe me on New Year's Eve. I know. That I'm calling out sick because I wouldn't believe it. Right. But I was sick. I just couldn't work. I was useless. Uh I had no patience. Long story short, I was called back. I I, I was very surprised. Right. I couldn't, but that's how real it is. You know what I mean? No, I know. That that guy, he... He holds a grudge, like I don't know. You, you do something like even you take off like well in advance, and like he'll, he'll he won't put you on a schedule for weeks after that. You're like, what kind of bullshit is that? Yeah. <laughs> it is, and you know, since we're on it, let's talk about the bartending lifestyle that people need to realize. Mm. And you can relate this if you work mm-hmm. at night. Yeah, it's like a, it's like being a vampire. It is because it you is. you go to it fucks you go, with your head, man. Yeah, you go to work at night, and yeah. you come home. You go to, you go to work, and it's dark, yep. and you come home in the dark. You eat like shit yep. because nothing's open. The only thing that's open is diner food. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's just it's it's hard, you know. And, and then you, if you it, get off, let's say you get off at three, you get home, you know, whatever three thirty, whatever. And now, now you're away. You're not gonna instantly go to bed at three. You know, the minute you walk in the door, yeah. right? So now you're up for another hour. Now it's four thirty. Maybe it's five o'clock. Yeah. You go to bed, and then yeah, I was. Um, it's lonely, man. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird. And uh, when I was doing it at the Irish pub, like four nights a week. I was sleeping through jobs, you know, my real job is is sort of like, you know, freelance kind of deal. So people might call me last minute. So I I actually missed a real job that would have paid me what I made, you know, in two weeks at the bar because I slept through the call. (laughs) I was sleeping, you know, I slept till noon and I missed, I missed an opportunity. So, but it's so true and it, it, it does fuck with your head. And what I'm realizing is that the... The men, like the people that I saw in bartending, used it as a side hustle. Like my my mentor, you know, the teacher, yeah, was a, was a high school science teacher, track and field coach, and he was a bartender. Right. You know, I, and how many people did I meet that were like I'm? I can go on and on, but it's just off the top of my head, I knew a guy who was a manager at a stop and shop. That's a supermarket chain, big in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. He worked. He'd work during the day as a, as a supermarket store manager, mm-hmm. and then at night he would bartend because his daughter was going to college. Yeah, working yeah. in a catering hall. I met quite a few girls that would bartend just to save for their wedding because they didn't come for money. Mm-hmm. I knew a beautician that would cut hair, and on Sunday she would just bartend, and she would bartend once a week. Mm-hmm. And that paid for, she would do that once a week. And at the end of the month, she would pay her car payment just from bartending. There you go. So, I mean, and I, I've always associated bartending as a side hustle, like if play money. A lot of yeah. people bartend for play money. Or it's, yeah, if you're going to college, put yourself through college, yeah. that's a great way. But, the, you know, the cool thing about bartending is you can go anywhere and do it. You know what I mean? And, you know, if, if you're, whatever, let's say you are going away to college. You might be able to find a bartending job in that town, you know, and put yourself through school. I, I told the story once tonight about when I went to, uh, I was working as a restaurant manager at a, at a hotel, you know, like a major hotel chain. And um, I had two weeks vacation. So I went to visit my, my grandmother lived in Hawaii. And my buddy was stationed there in Hawaii too at the same time. Um, but he lived off base. He had his own apartment. So I, I was supposed to stay for two weeks and I just stayed for five months in Hawaii, yeah. <laughs> but I got a job as a bartender, you know, which was great, you know, so that's, that's to the point where, you know, it's a great skill to have and you can go anywhere and do it, you know, anywhere in the world, really. <laughs> and you know what? I, and I got to tell you something, the more time I had off, like you and I are qualified to talk about this. It's not like we're talking shit. Mm-hmm. We're battle tested, man. Mm-hmm. We did the championship rounds of bartending. <laughs> I have 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. You have 15 plus years. I mean, 
the good I've seen I've worked good parties, I've worked bad parties, and I kept at it. That's that's a testament. Like I, I hear some people talk like that I bartend now, like one year. I'm like and they're like they, you know, they have like a a very elitist mentality. And it's like, really? What what the fuck do you know? I mean, I'm not knocking it, but talk to me in ten years. Where are you in five years? See if you're bartending. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's it, you reach a point where you you know you look at it beyond the money, where it becomes like it's like a hobby. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's it's like a social situation, you know. Saturday nights, I go out and I hang out with people that have become friends of mine, you know, the regulars at the bar. They, you know, I've become friends with them. So you told me the other night you had uh, three customers. Yeah, the whole night. It what, was five-hour shift, six-hour shift? No, I was there. Dude, I was there. I mean, we closed early because it was so slow, but I was there seven hours. That's depressing. So, But you know what it was? It was the, it was the Saturday between Christmas and New Year's, and, uh, you know, nobody was out. Just nobody was out. And uh, also, we have a DJ every other week on Saturday nights. So that was the week he was off, you know. But then the next week when the DJ was there, it was packed, dude. It was packed. There was that one night. It was a Saturday night, and there was the playoff football games were on. It was um, when there was a there was a Saturday night game. So a lot of people were there to watch football. A lot of people came in to watch the DJ, and people were, uh, you know, and in the restaurant. It was great. It was so much fun. You know, it's it's the greatest thing when the when the bar is packed full of people and there's energy and there's music, loud music. It's the greatest thing, man. And uh, on the other hand, when it when it's empty and you're standing around doing nothing, it sucks. But you know, but you take the good with the bad, and uh, that's that's what the gig is. But but that's uh, an important thing, and you're gonna have more of that. Unfortunately, then you know it's more of that. It's more top yeah, heavy. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> well, I mean, but in my experience, I mean, yeah. you know, you can't. You know, it's I, I figure it out. Like for me to have a good gig, mm-hmm. it's like at a, it, I need I get like you know it's like four bad gigs. Mm-hmm. I want to mean bad. It's just in between where it's boring. Yeah, I, those gigs where I'm on fire and yeah. it's just like it's a triple win across the board. Mm-hmm. That's what I live for. Right, and I I I, I use that and I shelf it. And when I'm having a bad gig, I just kind of pull, take that off the shelf and like mm-hmm. draw from that. Like, you know nice. what? I, I can, I'm going to learn from this. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's. But then sometimes it'll be a slow night. And then all of a sudden, like a group of 12 people will walk into yeah. the bar, you know? And then all of a sudden, you got to turn that switch like that. And you got to be on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a good way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Pull, from, uh, pull from past experience or uh, think back, you know? But, yeah, and you know, I think about this. I I tweeted something the other day. I was reading a uh, interview from uh, um, Chaz Palminteri, you know, from Bronx Tale. He's the actor. He played okay. Sonny. He wrote oh, okay. uh, the screenplay for Bronx Tale. Oh, okay. And I think it's based on his life. But he had a he had a um, he had a quote in there that he uh, tells actors that are starting out okay. that it takes a thousand no's to get a single yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I, I love hearing that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. it's, um, I just, it's just being persistent. But, no, let's go on to another topic, sir, because okay. there's so much that's on my mind. I would like to talk about the interview you had with Ray Foley. Okay. And, uh, that was going back, uh, how many weeks? Probably, uh, that was probably show 51? Well, whatever yeah. it was, I have to say, I mean, this guy, to me, I've never heard of. I never heard Ray Foley. I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And very informative podcast. Yeah. And a guy, forty years yeah. in the industry, co-founder or co-creator of the Fuzzy Naval. Yeah. That that's epic. <laughs> and I got to say, this guy gave phenomenal phenomenal advice mm-hmm. for bartenders. Where he said, "Quote: It's you asked him what makes a good bartender. Mm-hmm. Personality. Yeah. Attitude." 
and work ethic. Yes. How simple that is, but it's so true. Yeah. And you can apply that to ordinary life besides yeah. bartending. Sure. And I, I just uh, and it was really it was really cool that what he talked about. Mm-hmm. You and I kind of were on the same page in previous podcasts. It made yeah. me feel good that we're talking kind of the same. We're preaching the same gospel he's preaching on previous podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And what really freaked me out was what he talked about. The times you got to, I think he he uh, referred to it as shut someone down or cutting someone right. off. Yeah, yeah. When you got to yeah. do that, you, yeah. you always say it's house rules. You never make it sound like I'm doing it. I know. That's the worst part about bartending, and we yeah. talked about it. Yeah. Remember that. If you're ever in that situation and you got to shut someone down, yeah. it's house rules. It's not from you. Like right. I, the line I use, I always point to the cameras. Yeah. And there's no cameras. I just point to the, the <laughs> I point to like this like fake flake um fake yeah. plants yeah. and i just say <laughs> behind there and i just get out of it and i, I always do that but yeah uh, i know that's an excellent thing. interview man yeah he said he said uh when you cut somebody off and you say it's house rules they can't beat up the house <laughs> that was <Yeah>. funny <laughs> and uh ozeal man yeah Ozeal. he's a man he's a man i, I like that guy ozeal i gotta say man i've been he's been, you know he he you know emailed us early in the podcast and here's mm-hmm. a cat that i just respect his style yeah. He's learning and he's making his own way in bartending. Yeah. And uh I think it's great, man. Yeah. I think it's cool how he's he's thirsty for knowledge and he's right. going to all these uh, conventions. Yeah. And I think it's a message to all bartenders out there, create your own style. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean yeah. that's the thing that we're we're preaching, you know, have your own path, be mm-hmm. different. Never right. lose that passion, man, cuz I think I think passion trumps everything. Right. I agree with that. And Another thing that I realized with, with uh, you know, being off that you, you got to bartend. Yeah, I you, know. you can't escape that. And and I think for someone to find their groove, I think it would be like six weeks of bartending. You start to develop your own style. You know where you can be like original, where you, you can build on that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you feel you know, natural maybe, and comfortable. Maybe if you don't have the opportunity to actually get behind a bar at a real, you know, at a restaurant or at, at a real establishment, you know. Do what I did, you know, set up a little bar by yourself at your house and uh, get some bottles with, with pourers in them and uh, invite some people over and, and make some drinks or, or volunteer to go over to a friend's house if he's having a party and uh, be the bartender over there, you know, if, if that, that's a great way to, to start building your confidence if you have no other way to um, get behind a bar, you know, hey, why not? You know what? I agree with you 100%, but I, you got to bartend. Yeah. You got to bartend. There's no way – you can't, you can't learn – that what you're doing is correct because you're working on your craft, your technique. You got to work on your craft and technique. And, and I think another thing is don't hero worship. Hmm. I, I've been seeing that more and more when I bartend. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think you respect bartenders. You respect people, period. Right. But don't hero worship. Be humble. Be brave. Be your own. Be, choose to be different. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Be your own bartender. You know, yeah. like, I'm trying to, dude, I'm being the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. I'm using myself uh-huh. as a measuring stick. You know what I mean? Right. You know, talking to, you know, I journal shit and I go back to it, what I did right, what I did wrong. Mm-hmm. And the more I listen to the podcast, the more I realize there's so much I need to learn. I mean, yeah. and that's the attitude I have. Yep. That, that's a good attitude in any walk of life. Right? In life, <laughs> you know, we're either the passenger or the driver, man. Be the driver of your life. Mm. All right. And uh, we talk about being different, right? Uh-huh. And uh, this has nothing to do about bartending but it has to do about being drunk okay and uh when i was like in my early 20s there was a pizza place that we would go to after we we would get drunk 
Yeah. And it was a great way to end the night. You would have three slices. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was, the pizza was phenomenal. Right. And it, and it was in a little shack. You would look at it, you would never think it. But the pizza was phenomenal. But the guy, and this guy that ran the pizza place was this a, a little Italian guy off the boat. But he was the cheapest son of a bitch I ever met in my life. Okay. He would give you literally three napkins. <laughs> right. And he, if you wanted more, he would he would like like what are you a slob? You need three napkins? You need more <laughs> napkins? He would uh, you know like this this uh, iced tea in this uh, gas stations mm-hmm. that are like a dollar. The cans. Yeah. Uh-huh. He would buy them and he would scratch oh, off the God. dollar and sell them for like fifty cents more. <laughs> At the time, I think it was like seventy nine cents, but he would jack the price up fifty dollars more. He was a cheap son of a bitch, uh, crazy with customers. He spoke. You know, we talk about don't talk politics. Oh, he yeah. didn't give a shit. He spoke <laughs> his mind, and if you didn't like it, he would tell you to get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch him. But what was great about this is because it was an experience, man. You would go, you're drunk, you're with your friends, you're in your early 20s, you're having three slices, and you would watch this guy work. And the, the pizza place is not in business anymore. Yeah. But I look back and I started thinking about it. Like he would, he would have like a talk radio. He would listen to talk radio and he would yeah. have one of those old radios like your yeah. grandparents would have. Yeah. He would have it on top of the cigarette. I see, I see it as I'm telling you the story. He would have it on top of the, the cigarette case. And bro, like if he didn't like what the fucking the radio host was saying, he would start arguing with the radio host. But what was weird, it would escalate and really, you're drunk, you're watching this all the time, you'd argue with a fucking radio. He would literally argue with the radio and you're drunk. And, it, it, and like I said, he was cheap. I never got a free slice, but the pizza was tremendous. But I, I look, I think of that, and I think of the, like these beautiful pizzerias that you walk in, and there's memorabilia, all these arcades, and the pizza sucks. Yeah. There's nothing there, and and this was gold. If I had this shit on YouTube, what we would I witness? <laughs> Guarantee it would go viral. He did not give a shit, and it was just, it was, an, it was. He put on a show, bro. Oh, it was yeah. so raw. It you was think tremendous. he did that on purpose, or is you know? I was thinking of that. <laughs> you know, it, he was then he was he was he was brilliant, but I, he just did not care. He, he came to this country with no money, and he was just angry, mm. and he was so cheap. <laughs> but he just like the only people that would eat for free were cops. Oh yeah, he would give the he would hook the cops up. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, he did not. I mean, he <laughs> he would like talk politics, and if you didn't like it, he'd tell you to get the fuck out. <laughs> You know, and then he would say, all you kids today are on the fucking drug, and that's it. (laughs) And he was just like, he was just a crazy, he was a character, man. A character. And I look back, and how different he was from all the different pizzerias. Like, he just made phenomenal, I mean, I'm not even kidding you, man. Phenomenal pizza. Mm. It was something like, I don't know, the best is when people came in and they were new to it. And they were actually witnessing this guy for the first time. <laughs> and they were like mortified, man. But it was just, it was just brilliant. So my, 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 the moral of the story is be different, but don't be cheap. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, being cheap is that's such a funny thing. You know, everybody talks about controlling the liquor costs, controlling the liquor costs. You know, I mean, people don't want to feel ripped off either, you know. When you go in for a drink, I mean, it happens in Manhattan a lot. You know, you go in, uh, you go in for a drink and it's, you know, $11 for a fucking vodka and tonic or something, you know. And there's hardly any liquor in it. You're like, eh, why am I going to spend another $11 on that, you know. I'll just nurse the one that I have, you know. Maybe I'll go, uh, you know, maybe I'll smuggle something in next time. Or, you know what I mean? You're going to lose yeah. sales if, you, if you're giving away a shit product. 
you're going to lose sales too. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's such a fine line to walk, you know. And uh, I had it the other day at the bar, you know. The wine glasses are gigantic, you know, and they always fill them up like three quarters of the way, you know. And I, 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 it's got to be... It's got to be like 10 ounces of wine, you know? So I'm pouring it like a little less than that, and the boss is like, the boss, the owner says, um, you got you to put more than that. People are going to, you know, complain. But then, meanwhile, you know, I'll be pouring a mixed drink, and she'd be like, oh, you know, don't pour so heavy. So, you know, like, figure yeah. it out, you know, figure it out. Stepping do you want to be dollars to pick up dimes. Yeah, but also, like, what kind of bar do you want to be? Do you want to be a bar where you go in and get a – good drink, you know, a strong drink for not that much money? Or do you want to be a high-end place where drinks are expensive and you're giving them a, a super quality product, but maybe it's not as strong, but people don't feel, but people are willing to pay for it because, you know, they can tell quality. Yeah. So, that, you know, it's it's two different kind of places. So, But you got to figure out what you are, you know, what, do, what are you? <laughs> are you a dive bar or are you a high-end cocktail bar? Or if you're going to be something in between, you got to figure out what that is. You know, you can't you can't have it both ways. So I was so surprised when she said I didn't put enough wine in. I'm like, what, what the hell, man? You, you know. And then meanwhile, I, I'm putting too much whiskey in another drink. So like, what are we? <laughs> and I try to, I you know, I I I try to give some input and uh, and and they'll ask me questions a lot of times too about my opinion on things too. But you know, you, it's it's their place. You know, they own it. And you know. So I, I I can do what I can do, but I can't I, I can't change can't. their 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 philosophy if they even have one. <laughs> I'm the only thing I'm thinking he must get that wine really cheap. Oh, it's so cheap. You know, and it's it's garbage. It's the same. It's the same yeah. at the uh, at the catering hall. <laughs> I, I, I love <laughs> saying, so what, "What kind of wine is it?" And I hold it up. Like, oh, it's it's a uh, bartender journey. <laughs> I saw I saw it at the liquor store too the other day. That brand, I was like. Wow, that is cheap. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. So I don't know. All right, well we'll wrap that up for uh, this week, our anniversary show. One week, one year rather. Uh, we've been doing this show, so thanks for listening, guys. Hey, if you uh, if you're listening to us, if you're a new listener, go back to the beginning and listen. You know, from the top, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff there. Fifty two. This is the fifty third show, so um, you know, go back. Feel free to get in touch with us. I'm Vince. You can get me on email at vince.bartender at gmail.com or on Twitter at Barkeep Tips. Vano? You can reach me at Twitter at Vance Vano, and you can email me at bartender2222 at gmail.com. And I would also like to add, kind of piggyback off what you said, um, if you start bar, like if you've been listening to the show from the beginning and you actually start bartending, after like a couple times bartending, go back to old episodes because you you start you, you listening to it with, from a different perspective now because you're listening mm-hmm. to it with experience. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you pick up other stuff. So that's true. It's yeah. like chess, you know. There's always another right. move. Right. And don't forget our website is bartenderjourney.weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. So uh, bartenderjourney.weebly.com, and uh, you can. Find lots of stuff there. You can find a link to the iTunes uh, feed. You can listen to the show right on our website. You can um, usually I'll put some kind of show notes up there uh, related to what we were talking about in the episode. And you can find our tip cup there, which you can help support our show, uh, keep it going for another year. We like to do that, but um, you know we we incur some expenses doing this, so uh, we could use your support. Um, 
keeping the show going. You know, this is a this is a community thing. It's not just us talking. It's uh, it's the bartender community. So you know, get involved, help support the show, and uh, get in contact with us if you got something to say uh, or questions or whatever. All right. Well, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers. Take care. Yeah.